High energy introduction. Here we go. Welcome to the Gym Owners Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there's John Fairbanks. How you doing, John? I'm doing fabulous. Guys, welcome to the show. This week, we're going to talk about something we were discussing with one of our Gear Academy gyms yesterday, gym owners, how to make the things that you do in your gym kind of automatically take care of themselves in the future and how to take something from a pilot program to a permanent fixture in your gym. Everything from sales systems to seasonal plays to specialty programs, etc. We started helping a gym owner kind of build his his yearly flow, his quarterly flow, and making sure that you don't have to do all this shit from scratch and do it all manually the next time so that every year your business becomes more capable and it's not all built on your back as a gym owner and your labor. Before we get started, make sure you go to gymownersrevolution.com. You can get in the Gear Academy. You want us to help you work with your gym and make your gym kick ass the right way by being real ass dudes and not doing a bunch of the shady shit that's out there. That's the spot to be. We have the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Link is in our description for the show. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Please get out there. Whatever app you're listening on, listening to this on, leave us a five-star review, please. We always forget to hustle this because I don't really do – this isn't necessarily an entertainment product, so I don't really like I, – I don't really – chase like fucking five-star reviews and shit but i always forget that that is still kind of how things get prioritized on the uh on those apps even though the podcast apps are just the most antiquated dog shit apps still john never has an industry (laughs) stayed so far behind as podcast apps it's crazy like Mm because apple makes it impossible to search there's no like all of them trying to find if you like a comedian who has a show mm-hmm. go to go to apple Podcasts or even to spotify and search their name under even sort by podcasts most of the times you're only going to find their show like you can't just sort like oh as a guest like there really is no larger filter archive there's no larger mm-hmm. filtering options within those and it's just I remember talking to Tommy from Astronomics about it. He said, they're all hot garbage and none of them have gotten any better. Yeah, they don't need to. It really is rough. <laughs> they, don't, I, I don't, they, they don't, don't need get, to. And this is years ago. This, is, this <clears throat> has been years, but it really is the way it is. One of the interesting things about it, well, derail too long, but like there's no censorship in these podcast apps though. You know what I mean? Like you can say crazy shit on YouTube and YouTube's algorithm will flag it because it's combing every word you say. So yeah. still at its root, podcasting is still what I described. Somehow, it's convoluted and diluted it is. It is still somehow has a little bit of Rebel Radio in it. So that's what we're here for. So thanks a lot for listening to the Gym Owners Podcast. That's all we got to say. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. Yeah, one of those schmucks who, who releases like seven two-minute episodes a fucking week and mm-hmm. acts like they're out here hustling the fuck out of here so let's get to it guys so we were talking with one of our gym owners yesterday um kind of helping him build his he, he does a program and i don't know this fuck we can, can we kind of share the, what his program is because i think it's worth getting into the specifics for what his gym is and we, and we can stay it's, it, we can stay general enough because the principle will apply to any of you yep. that coach yep. anyone 18 and under yeah so this gym primarily this he still he coaches some adults but in a private setting but for the most part it's youth performance coaching and off-season coaching kind of categorized mm-hmm. in different age groups but it's young kids all the way up to teenagers getting ready for you know hoping to get some college looks and stuff like that but he yep. does a seasonal mm-hmm. camp that i just really really like mm-hmm. for these times when kids are at home and it's like a two, three day ordeal. And it's a couple, three hours a day. And, but it's literally like 
I've never really thought to do this. Even when I had my gym to like do this thing right in the middle during Christmas break. Yeah. During it. Normally that as a gym owner, I'm like, I'm trying to not be working. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like I'm trying to cancel the things I'm trying to do during this time. Um, But, but this is like such a great thing for like the, especially the the kids at this age. That's, I'd say this is probably anywhere from ages like nine to 15 is kind of how he has his setup. Probably younger kids. Um, but he runs like runs this camp every year while the kids are home and away from school and parents fucking love it because it's physical activity. Kids get a little wore out and it gets them out of fucking house, which is yeah. when you got young kids, that is your primary goal is to get rid of them as often as possible and make them tired by the time they get back. And this program has always performed really well for them. And we just started building some other systems into it where we make an offer where they can use that some of the credit from that purchase and they get it to apply to joining some of the semi-private programs for the next month. Big discounts. If you participate in this thing, do this thing. Or if you buy the full thing for the next month, you get this camp free. Because a lot of them are group stuff. It's not all hour to hour. You know, it's not all you can kind of give away some of this stuff or discount some of it. And as long as you're getting the extra business, it really is worth doing. It's not one-to-one on labor. Every time you, uh, you double the, the capacity or double the, well, if someone and, attends twice, it doesn't cost you any more to fulfill. I guess that's what I was getting at. Yeah. And, and this is getting, getting, we're going to get into the meat of this in this episode of this principle. But if you actually zoom back, he's done this style of camp actually three different times with nothing bookended on it, right? There was no actual plan for something to happen next purposefully. Yeah. And so this is actually the the next iteration, right? The next version, version 3.0 of this camp. So there may be a lot of you that run a kid's thing, or maybe you have done a camp before you do something that brings people in for a limited time to experience your culture and your coaches and the community and all that stuff. But then you just leave it alone. And this is what, what he had done previously. And this is where immediately you and I identified a month and a half ago, Hey, there's more to prep for what you already know you're going to do. Let's Mm -hmm. actually build this. So it becomes something that can be more so that it is more valuable than just, it's a couple days. It's great. I make some quick cash for the holidays. And then I feel good. It's like, you could actually have this be long-term, have some continuity that's built into it. And that's actually part of this, this process, what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, we, let's, 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 let's walk this back, right? So what, what happens here is he markets for this thing. He closes sales for this thing. Everybody is getting an offer that allows them to opt into some coaching products, time spots, whatever for the following month. That's kind of the deal. It's a bundled deal. So it is a way to attract leads for the next one. It's kind of a way to fill the January schedule, if you will. Um, And so doing this, it's a big attractor because people want to do this camp. The kids want to do it. The parents want to do it. But tying that to the next thing is great. That on its own isn't really... I think that's great. That's a great idea. That's this thing works really well. That's not what we're here to talk to you about today. What we're here to talk to you about is how to make this thing your thing that you do many times a year and make it easier to execute, easier to do, more successful, more optimized. And John, we had kind of gone through this. Um, where do we want to start? Let's go with 
the things that you're going to do with this, the the kind of how you're going to do this, we kind of call it the reps method. But it's very simple. The first yeah. thing you're going to do, if you have and some of this, maybe y'all are very far past this. If you have all your processes built, and whatever. If you're like a super type A dork, you do this automatically. And I'm proud of you. But some of us got to like, be like, okay, some of us are doing things by the seat of our pants and we have to figure them out as we go. And this is how we build them from something we've done by the seat of our pants into like a permanent structure in your business. So if you're a know-it-all brilliant business person, hey, fucking props to you, man. You don't got to listen to this show. Uh, but the first thing you need to do is record everything that you do. That is documenting all your actions, communications, everything that you create, which means all that kind of needs to live in one space. Now, this is something that should – is you would be surprised how often it's not done, <laughs> right? You really you really would. But I have to do it for every program that I have, and I have to do it separately. Every bit of social media content, um, every email that gets sent out. And also the important thing is start starting to have your sales correspondences and things like this for when people reach out to you like, hey, tell me about this program. What do you tell them? Are you writing all that up from scratch? And by the way, I do that at first. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I just kind of don't build a bunch of stuff. I just, it happens. I sell a few things. From that point, then I start figuring out what worked and what didn't. But I don't want to have to manufacture this correspondence from the ground up every time. Mm-hmm. So what I do then is I take this, I copy it, I paste it somewhere. Right In the beginning, when I'm working on it, very often it's just going to stay in like a note on my iPhone. I just have notes for this program. And then it all of then that will get moved over to like my Google Drive folder that I have for a specific program. And 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 Tyler, the reason why it's so important to record it, right, is that it's if you don't do this one simple step from the get-go, it's kind of like documenting the so cheesy. That's a cheesy phrase, documenting your journey, right? If you don't document that journey of whatever it is that you're doing, you will guarantee that you remain stuck doing that forever. Yes, You'll never be able to get part. out of that. And that and that is super important to where you do eventually want to get out from underneath that or at bare minimum have something to fucking reference 11 months later. Yeah. Because without and, it, you don't have it. And there's no, there's no way to have this perfect. You can do all your, use all your great copywriting wisdom, but ba- obviously the first person who's asking you the question, answer their question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be a goddamn human <laughs> but answer that question with the plan like like knowing that that should, whole thing should be underpinned with all right i'm going to use this though next time right so when i'm going to answer that question i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to work it and i'm going to feel out this conversation but i need to turn this thing into best practices yeah one way or another right and that does get to we want to jump right to the next piece because this is also we're, we're we're doing this right now just on we'll say correspondence, but we'll zoom out and run through this whole system again for the the system as a whole, if that makes sense, right? But on the correspondence, then you need to evaluate. Yeah, that's step two. And and being able to review what went what went well every single time and be able to identify what is going good or what needs improvement. Right. This is in essence what this piece is, because whether it is an email, whether it is DMs, like you should really be paying attention to. Did I send a message that then got a response, continued to go well and ended up with a sale? I don't fucking care what swipe files are out there, what somebody will allow you to download for free if you sell them your soul or whatever it is. It's that one thing that you just did is a proven successful method. So that is actually what ends up becoming your personal template 
because what's most important is that it has your voice. Yeah. Every one of these things are your, your attitude, your style, your brand, right? All those cheesy fucking things. It's really, really important because it came from you. It was successful. And now if you use that as your template to build off of or refine and sharpen during the evaluation phase, yeah, it makes and it this where is, every, this well, is you an talk about this all the time, process. Tyler. This is an exactly. ongoing process. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If I message somebody, I am constantly. So what I do is I'll take, I recorded the thing that I sent them the first time. And mm -hmm. then I'm going to go and I'm going to paste that in next time someone asks me a question about this program I'm selling. But from there, I have to look at it and go, okay, but what did they really ask? Right. And I still read it before I send it out. And I go, I will instinctively, some things just catch my eye. Oh, I wish this was different. I wish this was different. As a person, if you've ever written or created things, mm -hmm. sometimes the best thing you can do, I'm a very much a first draft guy, but I will beat up my shit for the first draft. Like I'm very thorough. I get my first drafts are very further along than most people's. But mm -hmm. I still, the best thing for me is to then walk away from it. And I'll come back and immediately some things will rub me the wrong way and I will have a much more kind of like optimized, tuned in approach. Some things get simplified, some things get deleted, some things get expanded upon. But that's the game you play with everything. So I paste it back in and this evaluation process is, is ongoing. And so mm -hmm. I'm going through this and I go, okay, I wish I'd done this differently. But then this becomes the new standard. That goes back and replaces. So I'm constantly recording, evaluate, recording, evaluate. Um, the next step, John. Mm -hmm. We call it the P and reps postmortem. Okay. And this is about really discussing the whole thing. Like as a whole, yeah. how did the whole thing go? This is now you start looking at the program as a whole. You're like, okay, I didn't sell shit here. Maybe the larger strategy was wrong. There's a lot mm -hmm. of things that need to go into this. And, and timeline wise, this is after your thing is done. Correct. Right. This is not it, it, during. I think those first two steps really are kind of can be going on during it, not after. The evaluates thing is is really in real time. Okay. Correct. Postmortem has got to be after the whole thing is done. We have to objectively go, well, I thought the communication went really, really good. And I was really good at sending the messages and the Facebook stuff went good. And you're like, we got three fucking people and we needed <laughs> exactly. 30. So no matter mm -hmm. how good you were at closing the three, and that's part of the postmortem process here is that how maybe we we're great at closing the three. Well, in knowing that, in knowing that I thought those, how we handled it once we got leads went well, then we go, okay, well, that's not the gap. Right. The gap is in not in lining people up and stacking people into that part of the process. We did not attract enough to get into that game. So that's where we need to start troubleshooting and putting resources. And, and what I like most, because this postmortem concept is it's really it's really important when you do it right after. Like you wanted to have it within seven days of 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 closing, um, closing the cart selling out whatever that thing is when it ends you want it within seven days because you want it to be fresh you yeah. want it to be in your mind so whether you again you're throwing an event a challenge a camp anything that you've done coming back to review either if it's just yourself you and the coach that was involved or you and your entire team to say hey what went well right if we're taking a look at this it's what has gone well what sucked what do we want to see be done better or how could we improve this? Because if you wait beyond kind of that, that first week, the sting or the edge, because th there's been event. I mean, Tyler, we've, we, we were at an event for a client of ours once where it was um, the wrong food to like a, 
they were supposed to have food be available yeah. at the event. And one food truck that they had contacted never contacted them back, just never heard from them. So they had to naturally reach out to another dude. On the day of the fucking event, you now have two food trucks that have shown up. The first guy that Which never confirmed. Both are pissed because they're split in oh, business. And we're like, what the fuck? So immediately it's that was a problem. The stress of that in real time is really fucking real. And somebody's got to put on big boy pants and tell somebody to get fucked. Yeah. You don't want that edge to go away because you've let time go and it wasn't all right. Well, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like we got to figure it out. It's like, no, that could have been a catastrophically large yeah. problem for your event. You if want you that let too much wound. time settle in, in between the what successes, failures, what are too much time settles in between the time the thing is finished and the time you're addressing this stuff when you're really going through eh, what really works, what, what, where did we fall in our place? Where did we fuck up? What happens is it doesn't hurt as much. Correct. And it just goes and you can go back to having kind of a, like a casual attitude about it. And you don't have to go, we really fucked up on not getting confirmation. And now when I send the food truck, I think I don't hear anything bad. I do got to follow up with everybody who said we didn't hear back said, hey, just to let, let you know, I didn't hear anything from you. We are now going to have this spot filled by so-and-so. So I appreciate fuck you for not answering your shit is kind of what I would do. But but whatever, right? But I do think that that is – but that's obviously like kind of a minor example, which isn't based on the success nor failure of the thing. But if you're going to do the thing every year, you cannot be having bunches of little things like that add up. Right. So that is the thing. I just think that in hindsight, the timeline in which you turn around and address this stuff needs to be fast. And, and with pain with, goes away. It does. <laughs> yeah. And and what I like for this postpartum meeting is I want the postpartum meeting to I would love to have it be in, like an hour because or 45 minutes where you can give a solid half, like you're gonna give 50%, you're gonna serve two masters in this meeting. The first one is looking back at what you've just done. How can you improve all those pieces? But then there is that improvement of like now forward looking which takes us to the S phase of our reps method, which is the yeah. strategizing portion. Because yeah. now it becomes increasingly important to now be like, all right, how could this, what can we improve upon? And I do think better? the vast majority of this step, the strategizing step is done really, like you said, immediately following that postmortem process. These right. are not separate things. These things all flow mm -hmm. into each other. So Correct. at this point, you're going to use everything that went on when we're really just looking back and assessing the situation and go, how do we fix it? How do we fix it? This is the part where I like it because it's just very practical problem solving. It's, it's, I mm -hmm. can say this fucked up, you fucked up. This didn't work. This is what we should have done differently. Things should be very clear here. And it's important here. This isn't a thing where you're like, eh, maybe the specific <laughs> execution of each thing. But like I said before, if you closed a high percentage of people that reached out of your leads, okay. Mm -hmm. And the program went really well, actually, the people who did it really liked it. Well, what is your problem? We need more leads, right? That that does start to go. This is the this is the gap that we need to fill. This is everything went so smooth. We just we needed more bodies to get through. So like, okay, now we can start to put our time and reach. We may not know, by the way, this first time through exactly mm -hmm. how to solve that problem and what the first move is. And and by the way, we may try some things and improve upon that issue, but we have to run through this entire process, record, evaluate, postmortem, and strategize. The next time we run it. 
Because again, we're going to now try to solve this, this not getting the leads problem because everything else was great. It was profitable. People loved it. They got results. Everybody had a really good time. Our coaches did good. Like it was great for the gym, the whole thing. Fuzzy vibes, man. Yeah. Now we need more people. And, and so you can go back and go, is it leads? By the way, what if you got a shitload of leads and you couldn't close hardly out of them? Mm-hmm. Any of them. Okay, now we need to start troubleshooting this sales process. Like, what is happening? Is it in the communications? Maybe our lead quality is bad, right? That's that's one way to go about it. Again, what if you get tons of people in and they don't fucking like it? Well, then we can worry about fulfillment. What if they don't get results? Then we need to work on accountability within the fulfillment. Or maybe structurally there's something wrong with the program. I can't tell you how many times during a post-mortem conversation when we have with a gym owner, it's, hey, where did these leads come from? Oh, I don't, I don't know. It's like, all right, well, we need to add that. That's now our strategy for the next time we do this is that when we're communicating, whether it's the, the flyer, the sheet that everybody's got to fill out to make sure you're not going to get sued, like all those things. Well, did you collect their phone numbers? Did you get their email? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no. It's like, then, then, oh, well then, because ultimately it's, if it's your first rodeo, right? Doing this shit, you have to give yourself a lot of grace. If you're doing these things for the first time, you're going to do your best. It's going to be the worst version that you will ever attempt ever. And you just have to accept that once you get to this postmortem process, it's okay if there are, just like you said, Tyler, glaring fucking things that yeah. you would do better or different but you have to be of the mindset that you want it to improve and that it's not just, oh, we're content with the way things are because they don't just get better by accident. This process needs to be executed on a micro scale as well. Like this is is where micromanaging I think matters because especially on recording stuff is we need to do this as a whole, small, like every piece of communications so that it can be standardized so that I can have somebody who's running the front desk or a VA in the Philippines or I can just automate a lot of these conversations so that it just goes. And so this is super important that this that this happen in on a macro micro scale. But it's also yeah. very important that it happen on a macro scale as well. Because when I'm zoom out again at the end, it goes not only the successes of selling this program, right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, I'm I'm saying program, but like whatever this is of attracting people, selling them, fulfilling it. Um, then the follow up for the program is still a part of this program. That's the stuff that's important for the gym as a whole. Meaning. For those of you out there, if you you really do this process completely for everything you do in your gym, you're going to go, shit, I am missing a ton of opportunities on the back end of this, like really bad. That's where most people do. Whether things are successful in the beginning doesn't really matter. If something's done well, it can grow if it's done repeatedly. But how is it successful for your gym? Is Are you reaching out to these people afterwards? Are you get how are, how are you setting this program up to be successful next time? Am I getting specific reviews and testimonials about this program? Am I getting mm-hmm. reviews and testimonials about the gym as a whole? Am I reaching out to these people to ask them, offer them something? Hey, do you want to sit down and have like a nutrition consultation about what's what's next for you? Do we want to talk supplements? Do you want to, hey, are you interested in continuing this type of thing with us? Or, hey, we have a special offer for people that did this program. If you want to level up your membership or whatever it is for next month, here's your thing. You're going to find there's so many opportunities that you leave on the table on the back end of this because you let too much time go. Oh, it's over. We fulfilled it, blah, blah, blah. And you put blinders on until next year. People do it with their kids' programs all the time. There's things they just try to turn on at the last minute. Um, yep. 
anything that's seasonal specialty programs it's just like yes this is idea let's do idea and then idea has been done and now it's over and it never becomes a system it never gets a chance to really exist within your business and it never gets a chance to grow into anything and that's just doing a thing and then doing it again is the fucking worst doing that thing needs to feed something else in your gym and mm -hmm. give these people opportunities and also be like what's the word needs to be chiseled into concrete the experience that they had because you need that you need those reviews you need those testimonials to sell the thing the next time if you don't ever get one if you don't ever do this on the back end people get stuck in this gym owners with programs and shit they just always feel like every new thing they launch is like a bit underwhelming and they never really run to it again or they do it and it's, everything is just kind of meh and if nothing ever really transcends and builds momentum from year to year in your gym that's why you're not closing the loops on the tail end and you have to strategize this shit at the end that's what it really is i got to zoom back and go the program was the program but did we make the most of the program for the gym and assessing that thing as a whole that's that's what's got to be done and in my opinion that and standardizing the communications in the beginning, those are the two things that I bet most of you guys aren't doing well. No, because it always is an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, yeah. oh, just trying to remember. And it is your job as the gym owner. Yeah. So if you are a solopreneur, you're doing it all yourself, it's early stages, all of this is your job. But if you are the gym owner and you have the coaches, guess what? They're not going to be thinking about all of these steps that are necessary. And the one way you can always, we've talked about this principle so much where it's like, you're not going to find fucking aces out there to come in and coach your group classes and be amazing personal trainers. Because if they're fucking great, they're already employed or they fucking work for themselves and they're not going to take a pay cut to come work for you. Yeah. So if you want to be able to ensure that your quality control is top fucking notch, these are the literal steps you need to fucking do. You have to be able to record everything. You have to be able to evaluate. You have to go through you, you as the gym owner, you're the one that does this because then this empowers you to give everybody essentially a playbook for every single thing you do. Yeah. If, if this doesn't get, if this doesn't get done by you, the odds of you getting someone in who's a go-getter enough, who's going to go, oh yeah, you're to have me coach some classes and, you know, greet people at the door when they come in. You know what we should do about this program is we should write down everything. So I'll create a Google drive folder and a document and we can like the odds are you're going to get somebody who's going to come in off the street to just coach. I hate to break it to you. If you're hiring people to coach, they're going to come in and fucking lace up their shoes and they're going to coach and they're going to get the fuck out and they're going to work out until it's time to work out. I promise yeah. you guys, listen, I promise I've known enough coaches in the world they're not going to do anything extra not at all based on their own initiative they won't they will coach and great coaches coach greatly but they're not going to fucking they're not going to take on this burden for you but the moment you have this done okay when someone comes in and you have an expectation for them to execute a certain part of this play that you're trying to do now mm -hmm. they have all the step-by-step -step instructions you don't have to say hey coach Log into this thing and do this thing. Cause you know what they're going to do? They're going to do it until the day you don't follow up with them on it. And they're going to stop. Yep. Not, not all of them. Not all coaches are divas, just the vast majority of them. So it's very important. Once this is done now by you, you can now start to hand this off to somebody else. And now it's off your plate. It's also easy to explain and it's very easy to hold them accountable. 
And then you can tell that you can involve them in this process. The most important thing in building teams, some of the larger business structures that I've worked with, is in building teams, is meeting regularly, even when it's not that fucking important. I'm not a big fan of constant overwhelming meetings, but it's when we were having team meetings every month, every week, what happened was is every week was dialed in for kind of this week's focus. Same process, right? What are we trying to do in this week? What are our points of emphasis for this month? Every week we check in on that data. We discuss it. We're held accountable to what went on in the last week. We provide feedback as employees about, hey, here's how I think. If we're trying to do this, I think this is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. And we address it. and We game plan for it. And at the end of the week, at the end of the month, we look back and go, okay. And now, now that all of us are out of it, the management essentially is going to have their own meeting yep. where all the, the the lower people whose whose feelings and ideas are coming from underneath and on the ground and there's out of the way. And then they can assess how this really worked for the business as a whole, the employees as well. They, they factor that in, but, but that's got to be the process that you start to do for, for everything. And this, the thing about this process, everything beyond the recording part Right. Just recording the things that you're doing, making sure that they're written down, that your strategies are done. Really, like how often did we post about this on social media? I can go back and look. But if you write down how many posts you want a week about this thing and how many stories you want a week about this and how you want to do things between platforms. And maybe we want to make a a slick video that shows that is an announcement for this thing or whatever we want to do. Those are all written down as steps. Okay, if those are written down, they'll get done. What normally happens when a gym launches a specialty program is they go, yeah, yeah, so we'll post about it a bunch. And somehow somebody makes a graphic together and then it gets posted. And then that's it. Once I mean, and then and then maybe towards the end when they're having a hard time selling. And I was talking to a gym owner yesterday about we were selling some uh, seminar stuff. And it was like, yeah, we got like, you know, we got a significant amount of sales in today. And I said, yeah, because we've, you put it into DMs of other gym owners that are in your area who may have people said, hey, we're putting this thing on. We want to make it sure it's for, for your type of people. If you're interested, here's a deal for you. We also posted about it on our thing. We created the event. We sent out a bunch of invite. But just know that all of that effort that we did now, if that stopped, this is all the sales you're going to fucking get. I had to explain mm-hmm. them, like, it stops now if this momentum stops now. And I tell them the only time that I am selling things at a rate that is – the rate that I would prefer, right, uh, is is when you're hustling your shit and you're hustling it pretty hard, pretty consistently. I can promise you, if you're not seeing me posting about coaching or selling programs, it's because I'm not really worried about selling them at that moment. If I'm posting them a lot, you can know during that time that I have sold a lot and that momentum is moving. And I don't have the time to fulfill on things like this. I'm not really worrying about it out there. But I can promise you the only times I'm overwhelmed with sales is when I am overwhelming everybody with the marketing and the noise about the program. If you do not make noise, nobody will hear your shit. So in writing down that strategy, now you're not responsible for executing it always. You can say when we launch programs, here is our program launch strategy. We make a video announcing the launch real quick just with the phone. We do this in the Facebook group for the gym owners. We send an email. All that stuff needs to be documented, like micro and macro, from step by step, then to links to the copy. Like just build the shit out. If you're a, if you're like one of those super tight, ty- if you were the person who always had a a pen in class when you were in high school, I wasn't that guy. Okay? <laughs> if you were the person who brought pens and pencils to your classes and took mm-hmm. notes, 
this should be so easy for you. This is this is right in your mm -hmm. wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. This is not for me. This this takes work for me to put this in here. So if, by the way, if this sounds like the most rudimentary basic business shit, I I get it. But there's a lot of I promise you, there is a lot of gym owners listening to this that are not executing on these steps the way that they should, and it's costing them tons of money, and it's making really good ideas fail. And there's nothing worse, in my opinion, than a good idea that should be successful that's not supported with effort. Because now I, you're taking a good idea that could serve a bunch of people and you're mm -hmm. just stuffing its face in the dirt and you're fucking walking away. And it's shame on I, you because it's your idea. You gave birth to it and you said, nah, fuck it. I'm going to challenge that you guys just fucking are all about abortion of your ideas. <laughs> you guys, the, I've never seen very few industries like gym owners just like have a great idea and just like lob the idea out into the world and barely you just push it, it down the stairs. You're just like, yeah. oh, this beautiful idea could be fuck birthed it. into something amazing. Ah, no. fuck it. Here's a hanger and here's the stairs. No. It, 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 it doesn't, but my biggest complaint is that there's a lack, there's a lack of enthusiasm on the marketing side, which is why I always say it, systemize it. Just say, what do you think should go out the first time? Mm -hmm. Don't attach yourself to making the content and all the things now get, there's nothing worse than writing a long thing, explaining a thing that you like and getting three likes. But that's not the point. We're not chasing likes. We're chasing sales. So just go. How many times do I think I should have to post about this? And what's a plan? Well, just make up a strategy out of thin air based on no fucking data. Don't even Google what you should maybe do to do that. Just don't. Just make up some, make one up. But then you'll know whether it worked or didn't by the next time. And then you'll make some changes. More of this, maybe less of this. Like, what do you think? This is the biggest thing in fitness marketing where, where small gyms especially fail. Um, is they just don't take the thing on with any sort of vigor because I, I think they know that their approach to explaining it is not going to be very good, right? You're walking up to the platform, okay? And you're going to deadlift in front of the whole world and you're going to put it out there, right? Except the problem is you've never deadlifted before. So you know what? It's not going to be as good as it's going to be in five years. Does that mean you never go up there and deadlift? For some, no. For you, yeah. I guess for some of you, but but I think that that's. But but I do think to assume that because you weren't great at this the first time around that you should never do it again is no. But what happens is people go up and they max out on this day and it doesn't go well and it looks like shit, and then they go, "I'm never going to do this again." Or even worse, they do it again and they just do it the same way. They just wait yeah. a year and they go and turn it on the same way. They go, oh, we just have this fledgling thing that we barely put any effort into. And yeah, it's a shame. Now, Unless your shit's <laughs> filling up, you make one post and your shit's full. Perfect. Minimize the effort. Do one post again. Now you can know if you were full after your first post and you had a 10 step marketing plan, delete those next nine fucking steps and you're good to go for next year. Or, or you allow need to triple to your capacity. <laughs> or allow us to drag your bitch ass out into deep water and get out of your fucking comfort zone. Because that is yeah. the reality. Realistically, when we were working with our gym owner yesterday, and we're talking about now his specific camp and his setup and how we've already get, have improved this version, this the version 3.0. 
you and I were already on version 12.0 of being like, yeah. now like you need two more coaches for this thing. Let's bonus out the coaches based on this <laughs> and that <laughs> we made, we don't want to alternate time slots because then it gets complicated to fill. It's easier to find one thing. So can we spill over indoor outdoor? Can we do some more stuff? How do we double our capacity for this? Because not only is this program lucrative as a standalone program, it feeds the whole first quarter of your business easily and it's just so easy to do that there's no reason to limit its opportunity and that's what you can those are the insights you get when you walk through this process as a whole and, and the benefits of talking to you and i about it like the fact yeah. is is that because this gym owner is with us on a weekly basis if we're in his business we allow him to not get stagnant because the normal process is you go through all of those those learning pains you talked about version after version and pain and realizing what worked, what didn't. And eventually you start becoming successful. And the success is to the point where, which it was for him. It was, man, I made a couple posts and we're, we're, we got five more slots. And we're going to be sold out. Like it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Just like last. And it's like, okay, then we can't the allow you. Just, no, no, John, you just said it just like last year. And that's where we go. Well, that's not fucking good enough. Correct. And I'm, and again, we're not holding anybody to the fire, but we go, if just like last year is the goal, business ownership isn't for you because right. just like last year doesn't work. Just like last year will eventually be almost like last year, or at the very least, everything is going to be the same and you need growth lest you constantly be stuck in the same spot. Tyler is inflation just like last year. Inflation is just like last year or worse or less, whatever it is, it's still right. going. It's like you, these you, other you, things are going to be happening. If your business can't grow by by my calculations at the grocery store alone, <laughs> 32%, 30 to 50% in the last few <laughs> years, like if your business isn't producing that much, I promise you it's that much harder for you to eat. So go, man, you gotta, you gotta get that nut. You gotta cover it. Like it's, it's super important that you constantly, if you have a program that is good and does well for you, Getting complacent about it is you're just you're just killing it. You're you're just letting it die. It's not gonna run off on its own and take a mind of its own and develop into a real boy and grow up and do its own thing. Like you do constantly have to nurture the development of this thing until you've delegated even the management and develop development of it. If you Correct. zoom out to a macro point. You can go, I have a coach who is responsible for this top down. And my, the only thing I need to check in with them on is, you know, where are we at? How did it perform on a few other metrics? And now when it's not growing, now that person is accountable to you about mm -hmm. it. That's where you get to. But until then, you are the one who needs to worry about all of those things until you've recorded and evaluated it and developed it to the point where you can then put that on somebody else's plate. Now you you've talked directly to those new gym owners that are still early on. <clears throat> oh yeah. Early on. For the gym owners, what you just described, which is this idea of of having a coach that's now responsible for it. The number one mistake we see from you all, so those gym owners that have <clears throat> a GM or a coach that's responsible for a program or class or club or your entire floor, right? For for fitness. It's if you don't have these recordings, if you don't have the expectations and checklists and everything that's in place, it's not going to be. Yeah. Things will always be done just kind of okay or kind of right because you poke your head up just long enough to say, hey, 
something's fucking wrong or you know what actually hey, take the day off and you have them take the day off because you secretly now want to be able to get an idea of how the gym is flowing based off of this person's work that they've been doing while you haven't been looking because you've been doing busy and important shit elsewhere the reality is is if you want these programs to be successful if you want an event to be successful if you want any of these new things you are the one that has to kind of put some sweat equity into this or at least then start working or in engaging and networking with people that have successfully done it so that at least you have a starting point but you cannot ha leave have the expectations that oh the guy will just be able will know what to do people have to have frameworks they have to have a system yeah. to follow otherwise that painful startup time, ramp up time to see success and be able to have to afford being in a comfort zone of success will be so long and drawn out that that person will leave before you ever have the opportunity yeah. to actually see what it could have become. And this is, I always draw your, our analogies back to your coaching a fitness client, right? You're coaching a regular mm -hmm. client. If I want a regular client to be successful in weight loss, strength training, whatever it is, um, these steps really are all the same. They need mm -hmm. to follow a plan. If there isn't a plan, the things that I make them do, I need to write them down because I can't just be making them up as I go along. There needs to be a plan. Then I need to evaluate the success nor failure of this plan in real time. Okay. Then they need to actually be accountable to it. They need mm -hmm. to be held accountable to it. Just like you're going to do with your coaches, your meetings, you, if it's just you, you are accountable to the outcomes of this, but you can't put blinders on. This is why when I have a program, I, here is your plan. Here is the framework you need to work in. You need to check in with me. If there is issues with this, let me know. This is why I tell people, if you're looking for weight loss, you weigh yourself every day. You follow the plan, but you weigh yourself every day. Mm -hmm. Constantly, We are constantly going, this is working, this is not. Because I can go and I go, well, I think you're just not doing it. That's what I think. You're just not doing it. Or maybe you're sick, you're holding water, whatever. Over time, then I can decide in the end. We look back and go, this is why it didn't work. You know why, you know why some of my programs, when people fail? You know why people, my 10% of people that don't get the results they came for? They're the ones that stop checking in and stop weighing themselves every day. All of a sudden, of the ones that aren't sending me pictures of their workouts or or checking in when they're with their just morning weigh-in, simple thing. What do you weigh this morning? If you won't mm -hmm. step on the scale in the morning for this thing, I know it's because you know you fucked up and I know you're not doing it. And so, but that's very easy then for me in hindsight to go. The problem is it's it's not about at the end going, oh, well, this person is wrong. So ha ha, fuck you. It's no, 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 no. What now do I need to change about my program that can make sure that that person is successful? So it is, someone does not check in with me that morning. They get, I, I, I would kind of give people a day of grace. You know what I mean? And now I stopped. Sure. I've just stopped. If you don't check in with the morning, I go, dude, what the fuck? Because that is what you're there for. You want the results. These are the steps that it takes to get the results. And it's, I think, and I think that th for those of you guys that are that coach clients and are and are in gyms, you understand that process within within the program, your gyms for your clients. And yeah. yet you just neglect it so often in your business. It's like, no, no, no. This is how it all works. It all, all of it is this. Yeah. It's fractal. Okay, this is from the macro to the micro. This is just the way you're going to need to do it. So if you have any questions or want us to work with you directly, get in the fucking gear academy. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. Like these are the things we do. If we, if you got a program launch, perfect. Let's 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 run through all of this with the things that you're trying to do, and then let's make sure that this ties into your business as a whole. How do we make a successful thing 
into a successful thing that feeds more successful things. And that's the difference between somebody that goes around throwing off a bunch of one-offs and having fun little events and, and somebody that really builds a system that grows. And the gear and the gear academy, so you guys know too, is that it's, it is going to be built, whether you have, you are brand new and you don't even have 10 people. You're not even collecting email addresses yet. You're brand new. You're out of the basement of your home and you've made a kick-ass home gym and you want to start a club or whatever it is. And you want to take it to that next level. We do have people that talk to us about that are in that exact same scenario all the way to, I have thousands and thousands of people on an email list. I've been in business for a long time and I'm just ready to take it up to the next level. And I want to be able to have a coach and somebody's going to hold me accountable to help me do those next things. We've started with gyms that had no, were operating with no business license, weren't fucking doing taxes really. (laughs) And, and, and we had, we helped them get everything above board so that it became a thing that you could Go buy a got finance a goddamn car if you needed one. That your business is a real business, yeah. and we work with businesses now. We've had multiple businesses that we work with, gyms that have multiple locations, and so mm-hmm. um, we go from gym. One of our success stories: we had a young, younger coach who was just starting up, coaching people in the park. Finally, let's almost one year to the day, one year maybe a month, went from coaching people in the park, working with us. We developed his initial launch strategies he got into his new building started in his new building about a year ago and now it's one year and it's been wildly successful out of his day job soon is that going to be this mm-hmm. winter i don't want to spoil yep. the beans his, his boss ain't listening By but he'll be out of, out of yeah. his day job soon and is really 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 killing it has staff that does really well has built a tremendous reputation again went from kind of part-time doing some things in the park seasonally to now like has a location and is going to be a centerpiece in the community in his Mm -hmm. area. And I think that's fantastic. So if you want to be about that life, fucking this is what's up. I don't know. Like you can go to all the other places. There's all the other dipshits out there are going to tell you like, I'll give you, I'll give you a thousand members. I'll get you a thousand. You guys as a gym owner, you get the same stuff that we get in your fucking targeted ads. And it's all the worst shit. It's all insane. It's like, it's like even you can get 30 members. We'll give you 30 members in 30 days and you're just going to go today. That would be fantastic. If I got 30 new members and I immediately go soft gym math and I go, well, if I only sell them into my 150, that's, that's four and a half thousand dollars extra this month. And, and you mean they can do that again the next month and you start doing beyond, you start doing what's even worse, exponential gym math, (laughs) which is the dumbest. You're like, I'm, at this rate, I'll make $10 million in two Bezos. years. Bezos. Me and Bezos are going to be on a yacht yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just not how this works. Okay. So um, it takes real strategies. It takes some real shit to go on on the ground. And it's you, your people, your clients. It needs to be focused on their success. And the mother schmucks, they're just going to line up a bunch of dipshits at front of your inbox. And then when you don't sell, it's your fault. And when they don't get success, you can just blame them. And that's pretty much how it goes until your reputation has gone completely tits up because of it. You can also try paying your coaches less, right? That's another option we hear. One of the other strategies you're going to get from the other people. Have you tried paying your coaches as little as possible and just let them quit? (laughs) Fucking insane. Yeah. 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 So fuck all them dorks, guys. You want to do the real stuff. Just get in. Actually, it can still be your business. It can still be about your clients. And we don't got to do any shady, misleading bullshit. That's what we're here to do. 
So let's practically troubleshoot your business one step at a time based on whatever the next thing you want to, you want to do is. So if that's what you're into, go to gymownersrevolution.com. Links in the description. Join the Gym Owners Revolution Facebook group. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. Follow me at Tyler F. And Stone. That's Tyler E-F-F-I-N Stone. And John? And you can follow me on Instagram at jbanksfl. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you next week.